Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Welcome, everybody, to our OMS podcast. You are actually on my porch, <laughs> actually the balcony, the second floor of our little house in the back of backyard in, uh, in Leafy, Surrey. It's a beautiful day, so we thought we would try recording the podcast outside. So if you hear planes and doves and roosters, this is Leafy, Surrey. <laughs> and I've got with me Crystal Cryer. Crystal um, is the leader of 24-7 in Scotland. Um, and a good friend. We've just been tromping around the hills, and then we just had a nice dinner together and thought we would have a conversation about the order of the mustard seeds. So, hi, Crystal. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to ask Crystal the question that I ask most people in this podcast, like, why the OMS? Why a lay ecumenical religious order? Why vows? Why the ring? Why all of that for you? Um, maybe I'd a little a little joke is that um I think I've always been a closet Catholic, um, <laughs> <laughs> even though I was born and raised in a very much evangelical setting. Um, but um, in in all seriousness, um, it's been the what drew me to the OMS was the um. To being able to live my faith in a more intentional way. And I think what I've experienced in that is a bit of an oxymoron in that um, is that I feel like it's provided me with, with a structure and a platform in which it, it helps me to live my faith out um, and live my relationship with God out in a more structured, intentional way, yet... In that, I've discovered, I think, more gr- more freedom and sense of His grace um, in my relationship with Him than I experienced before I took my vows. Um, and, and a huge part of it for me as well, um, what attracted me to it and what I've found hugely beneficial is um, the fact that I'm not alone in this, but um, uh, I've... I've vowed alongside other people that are, are seeking to live in the same way, um, same heart, same mind. And, and, um, and so whether those people are people who are near to me or they're people that are scattered across the globe, there's just a, a beautiful sense of family and community um, that I'm not seeking to live, live this way alone, but with others. And that's been such a strength. Has that been part of the grace factor for you? So I think it's quite interesting what you said. In one sense, it's brought you structure. In another sense, it's brought you freedom. So oftentimes, we kind of hold that intention. It's like, I don't want structure because mm-hmm. then I'm not free. I, don't, I can't do what I want to do when I want to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, so talk to me. Use the word grace. Tell me more about that. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think what I experienced, like I just remember in my my year of preparation, um, experiencing this sense of God's grace in it, and um, like it was easier than you thought it would be, or what? Just specifically, not easier, but there wasn't a sense of 
um, <laughs> when I did stumble, when I didn't do as well as I would have liked, or I, you know, maybe wasn't as kind as I could have been, or like my my rhythms just got messed up, or um, whatever it was, um, there wasn't that same where I felt like in the past, like I would have spent a ridiculous amount of time and energy kicking myself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just, just simply repenting and, and then just going back, back at it. Just, um, I don't, there is, um, maybe a simplicity in it as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if that if that makes sense, but I don't know. It's like um, there's something in it that almost it felt like it removed some of the religious, um, re- some of the religious stuff that kind of gets heaped on you when you've been raised in the church um, around shoulds and and striving and and trying to do things in your own strength and it just felt like that year of preparation a lot of that stuff began to be um kind of lifted off and um and yet even even in attempting to live my life with God in in a more intentional way um so yeah I just I think sometimes when you're raised um when you're raised in church you grow up with with a lot of shoulds and um, and ideas, yeah, just ideas around what you should be doing and what things should look like, and and there's just a sense of pressure and weight and um, your own expectations, other people's yeah, expectations, my own expectation, other the expectation of others, um, and um, and it just felt like even though. You know, I'm more intentionally trying to to live in a certain way in my relationship with God, and not always succeeding. It just brought it brought a simplicity. It brought an awareness of um, not doing this on my own, but doing it with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is where some of the grace is experienced: is that there's this sense of I'm doing this with God instead of doing it for God. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for God. Doing it with God instead of mm-hmm. for God. So him, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think of that scripture. It's God who is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purposes. Mm-hmm. So there was so there was something about being in that process for mm-hmm. you that kind of opened up that internal willingness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Because yeah. I think sometimes people struggle with that. They're like, I don't know if I want to join the order because, you know, there's this and there's this and mm-hmm. there's this and there's this. Yeah. And you think all these boxes that I've got to tick. Mm-hmm. And and um, I think when we think back to, to Zinzendorf in the early days, I mean, he was part of early, the early pietist movement. So this is the mm-hmm. early, some of the earliest people who actually were thinking of like, I can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can have a life lived out of that place of love rather than. I'm actually embedded in a religious system that's got mm-hmm. this and this and this, the rights and the wrongs and whatever. He was living into a different spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's part of the grace that's on the OMS was that mm-hmm. early um, pietistic, before it before it got, you know, religious and a bit mm-hmm. calcified, but mm-hmm. that early grace to like, I just want to love him and live mm-hmm. in a way that pleases him. Yes. I just wonder mm-hmm. if that's part yeah. of the 
the the charism of the OMS movement and the grace that's available to mm-hmm. us as a yeah. result. Because that would make sense of what you're articulating in terms yeah. of your own experience. Yes. So. Yeah. So you're saying there was there was that grace. Um, it was just easy to kind of if when you went in a direction you didn't want to go, it was easy to just turn and say, yeah, no, okay, not yeah. that Lord. We'll just go this way instead. But then you because all- I, I think it became about even though this was something I, I knew in my head. Um, it began to really take take root in my heart that God's far more interested in the intentions of our heart mm. than he is in our behaviors. And so it was that that sense of his pleasure with the intention of my heart rather than my momentary moment, you know, my little moments of weakness. Yeah. So he could see the big yes inside of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's lovely. Um, the other piece of grace, and this is... Because you had connected it in terms of your your feeling really connected in with the larger OMS yeah. community. Yeah. Did do you connect that with the grace you felt like you experienced as well in terms of it's just easier to do together? Or I mean, how does it strengthen you? Um. Yeah, I think it it, it is a little bit of that, and that you are. Um. You know, just even in your cohort, you're talking with other people that are having the same struggles and the same confessions of, of, um, I did not deal kindly with my children today. I, you know, I've, um, you know, I've not prayed for longer than five minutes in about a month now, or, you know, just those little, those little confessions and you're, you're, um, but you're all championing one another. You're, you're, um, you're cheering one another on, you're praying for one another, you're encouraging one another, um, but yet there's there's that sense of no one's looking down on you, no one's, um, yeah, there's not a sense in which you're comparing yourself to others, but it's a sense of um, the fact that you're all in it together, you're all messing up, but you're all wanting to see each other um, succeed, you're, you're wanting to see each other um, grow and deepen um yeah that is just really it's it's hugely encouraging and inspiring so you have um you've led a number of cohorts now yes um and you've led cohorts sort of in your in your home city of edinburgh yes (laughs) (laughs) and um but also online cohorts Tell me, so these are all cohorts of, of candidates in preparation, right? So right. They're, they're with you for sort of 10 months getting ready to take their vows. Yeah. Where have you seen God at work in the cohort? So you talked about the mutual encouragement that happens. Mm-hmm. Where else have you seen God at work in that time? It's a significant time of formation, really. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, just thinking, you know, uh, even recently talking with people, um, and it's just been so fun and exciting to hear them give voice to some of the same things that I experienced around that grace, around that some of the some of the religious weight and burden um, that maybe they grew up with growing up in church. How this year of preparation has begun to remove some of that, and they've begun to experience a new sense of freedom and grace in their walk with God, and and then in that a new excitement and anticipation um, in their in their relationship with God. Um, you know, so people that have walked with God since you know they were teenagers um, 
feeling beginning to experience almost a fresh um a fresh passion um because of just experiencing a, a new grace um in in him um and then um yeah i talked about the the you know how we encourage one another but i think one of the beautiful things that i've see, seen happen is how even in some of the online cohorts people that are in different nations that journey these 10 months together maintaining relationship afterwards um for for at least an extended period of time of really helping each other um through kind of that transition of that going from a year of preparation to you know now we've made the vows now we now we really have to live this stuff out and watching them continue to be that encouragement for one another for a while Mm -hmm. um and help each other make that make that transition um and um and I think that's one of the beautiful things that I've I've seen happen is just a um, just an incredibly beautiful sense of community with people who um, ha- have only ever met <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think we I've chatted with a number of folks who've been missionaries in other countries. So, um, and uh, and who've connected in with the OMS and have found it to be just an absolute vital lifeline. Mm-hmm for their formation yeah. and they're st- giving them the strength to, to keep going in, in mm-hmm. their context, wherever it is, whatever environment, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So, so you, we were talking earlier today about the retreat. So part of what you did with your, your most recent cohort is mm-hmm. you guys took a retreat together. So talk to us about that. Um, and, and what that was like and how your folks experienced it and the strength of, of going on retreat together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we, we did a retreat back in March and, um, we, you know, it's in Scotland. So we, we went up, um, kind of, uh, towards the Highlands and, um, just beautiful location. And I think that's one of the things that's huge for a retreat is go somewhere it, beautiful. It needs to be beautiful. <laughs> and get away. Just get <laughs> and, away from And get everything. away from yeah. all the distractions. Um, go somewhere where you have no, you have no Wi-Fi, no mobile phone service. <laughs> um, Did people panic a little bit or were they okay? <laughs> a little twitchy. <laughs> a little twitchy. Um, no, it was um, it was good, and I think we um, we did a number of things on the retreat that I think people found really challenging yet helpful. And one of the things that we did was um, people <laughs> were um, not allowed to serve themselves. So, um, if you wanted a cup of tea someone else had to serve you your cup of tea (laughs) when we sat down for dinner together you weren't allowed to go get your own plate of food someone else had to get it for you and um and it just made you incredibly aware of one another and so the people who who tend to not be aware of others um learned a new awareness of others and people who are used to being the ones who are aware of everything all the time and serving everyone else had to 
you know, go through the pain and the twitchiness of, of having to sit there and be served. Um, and it was just, it was really powerful. Um, everyone that uh, did the retreat found that to just be a hugely important aspect of it. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the guys didn't know each other very well beforehand. And it was just a beautiful way of... Um, kind of breaking the ice and getting to know each other quite well yeah um did you do some solitude and silence we did we we had a, a little walk up the hill um in silence so you walked all together we walked we walked to- together but we kind of just told people to go at their own pace to not feel like um you know so some people would have found the walk you know, extremely easy. Some people would have found it more difficult. So we encouraged them to go at the pace that they could do. So it meant we were spread out a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, we did we did the walk there and back um, t- together, essentially, um, but in silence. Mm. And then uh, served each other our, our hot drinks. <laughs> um, and then sat and, and shared with one another what God had been speaking to us during during that time. And um speaking with uh, several of the guys that were on that retreat since um, that time and even that walk uh, ended up being um, some of the most formative moments for them uh, during this year of preparation um, so it's been a it's been a hugely vital aspect um, of their year of preparation and for some of them who maybe had never really done retreats before. Um, it's quite a new thing. Um, uh, and we're maybe a bit nervous about it. Um, it really introduced them to something that they know they really want and they see the value of it being a part of kind of their, their regular life rhythms. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we are. We're, we're going on retreat together as the OMS after yeah. the Belfast gathering this yeah. year, aren't we? So. Yeah, that's going to be interesting for us. We're, we're starting to do that now. So after every 24-7 gathering from, from now on, we'll be booking out a, a retreat center somewhere nearby and mm-hmm. encouraging anybody from the Order of the Mustard Seed and their families to come and spend an extra couple of days and just let everything rest and settle and, yeah. and think and yeah. pray and have times together and times eating together and times of solitude mm-hmm. and silence. And yeah. there's something about being together in that way. Mm-hmm. I think your cohort wasn't the only one that did it. There were a mm-hmm. number of, yeah. of preparation cohorts this year. Um, I mean, we encourage cohorts to go on retreat, but we don't mm-hmm. require them to. Yeah. But a number of them have done it. And mm-hmm. it's been quite interesting, the reports yeah. back we've been getting, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People have been finding it's just some of the most formative moments. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about stepping back, isn't it, from yeah. the front line of your life, mm-hmm. going on retreat and, and giving God um, a little bit of undivided attention. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Anything could happen. <laughs> Good. Um, one last thing I'd like to chat with you about. We, I, I love to ask everybody you know, which of the practices is sort of front burner for you mm. right now? What What are you working on or what is God working on in you? What's mm. particularly joyful right now or what's particularly challenging? Mm. Which uh, which one of those is that for you? Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, I think for me right now, it's been um, creativity. Um, I think 
Um, I mean, I've always loved creativity, um, but I think I think specifically right now is um, <laughs> as I'm trying to learn to have a more healthy rhythm of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm finding creativity has been um, an area that God's using to cause me to slow down, mm. to pause, to draw breath. Um, and I feel like he's meeting me in in that place of creativity. Um, maybe in a in a way before it it was you know I did a bit of creative create a creative project just for a bit of fun, um, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I just feel like right now, God's really been kind of nudging me towards a bit more creativity in my life because it is life giving for me. But in that, I feel like he's he's meeting me there in that place with his presence, in a in a, a new way, a special way um, that's been very life giving and restorative. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. So, but what kind of creative things do you do? Because sometimes people so, think, oh, to be creative, I have to draw or sing <laughs> or so. Yeah. So I think for me, it's, some of it is hands-on creative stuff. So it might be creative projects that involves, you know, a bit of watercolors and painting or, you know, uh, making something, uh, baking and cooking. Um, but I think... Um, I think the the area that uh, uh, or the aspect of creativity that's always been very important to me, but right now especially is is the aspect of creativity of that is co-creating with God, that is having eyes to see potential, the ability to see potential, the ability to see. Um, something that can be when when presently there's nothing there so making um, something out of nothing yeah, yeah. and um uh, which i think in a lot of ways is you know it's, that's what hope is um and um you know just even problem solving um it, to me is is a creative exercise <laughs> um but yeah there, there's something in there around co-creating with god which which is having his perspective and being able to see something that is not yet, um, and, um, call it, call it forth, um, call it into being. And so whether that is through prayer or, um, you know, or in the place of prayer, God beginning to, to give me ideas of how to begin to, to bring that nothing into something, um, yeah. Mm. So hope. So creativity mm. is is about stewarding hope. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had never thought about it that way. I think that's really interesting. Good. So maybe Crystal, do you think you could pray for us around creativity, around hope, around mm. encounter, around meeting God? Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. So yeah, Father, I just pray for. Um, those of us uh, here and listening. Um, yeah, Father, pray that um, where we are in need of fresh encounter with you, um, where maybe some of our rhythms or some of our, our practices have, have grown a little bit dry, um, 
ask for creativity. I think of um, Johannes Hartel and Heartfire talking about trying new spiritual practices because they jolt the heart out of its apathy. Um, and so, God, I just ask for where we need a bit of your creativity to to try something new, to um, to do something a little bit different, to um, to bring water to the the parts of us that are dry, to jolt the heart out of its apathy where where it needs to be jolted. Um, yeah, I just ask for Holy Spirit inspired. Um, freshness, fresh ideas, fresh creativity. Um, yeah, and Father, I just, I ask that we would all hear your call um, to come away, just like Jesus says in, in Mark when he says to the disciples, because they had just been going from thing to thing, and it said they hadn't even had time to eat. And Jesus said, come away with me for by yourselves for a little while. Would we hear your call, Jesus, um, to come away by ourselves with you? Um, so whether that is on our own or taking time as community, as Kimbrogi, um, as OMS family, um, we hear your call to come away for a little while. Um, and be with you and would we respond give us the courage that we need to respond to that call in Jesus name Amen Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the Order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Go.